If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everyone, and welcome back to episode 71 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. We, um, we are indeed back. Uh, quick shout out to bringing you that beautiful song that you just heard is, of course, none other than my brother Ethan. Hope that he's enjoying his trip in Greece right now. Really uh, happy Ooh. that he was able to use the royalties he's been receiving from creating that song to fund Bye. that trip um yeah because we are yeah we're popping off uh he put out a banger and making him the big bucks making him the big bucks <laughs> no doubt but i'm not joined as always by brian and adam and because i'm a little scared to ask brian adam how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing pretty good uh finally getting some rain over here in the valley uh which is nice because I literally don't remember the last time it rained here. It's been a long time. That's definitely good. Rain down here as well. Always love to get some good rain out in California. Well, I guess now I got to ask, Brian, how are you doing? Uh, I'm starting to think recording these at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on Sundays after the Raider games might be a bad idea. It is if the Raiders keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> the, the Raiders went through a top three loss I've witnessed, I feel like, like up there with the Derek Carr breaking leg, up there with the playoff exit last year, up there with some of the worst ones, man. I it took it out of me today. Yeah. Well, hey, on genuinely... the bright side, I on the bright side, my fantasy football teams through the last two weeks, I think I'm going to be six and oh, huge. Gotta love that. Yeah. <laughs> Very huge. Uh, well, if you would like to send Brian a word of encouragement, you could do that at nonstop BB pod on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> exactly that's what i need <laughs> uh we'd love to interact with you there uh but adam were you gonna say something oh i was gonna say it just it was a genuinely tragic loss the yeah, raiders really was. uh they really couldn't have done it much worse you know what it really reminded me of uh the giants entire season <laughs> it just doesn't get better for me Cobb was looking nasty when I saw him tonight. Uh, Cobb does have some nastiness. I'm excited they gave him a two-year deal, so he will be back. I am excited. About Always that. good to see. But uh, I think there's no other place to start our news uh, than the two big uh, record chases. I guess we'll start off with, I think, America's favorite record chase right now, which is the Albert Pujols chase for 700. I don't know. Can you fill us in on that? He is at 698. That's a lot. That's a lot of home runs. Um, and Cardinals get to go up against a bunch of lefties soon. So he's, uh, he, gets to, he gets to be playing a lot more, too. Because um, as we know, especially recently, recently as in like the last couple of years, um, Pujols against lefties, kind of unfair. Uh, he's really good against them. So... We could definitely see 700 and beyond in the near future. 
Dude, so uh, looking at the schedule, I pulled up the Cardinal schedule to see who they face. They yeah. face the Padres and the Dodgers and the Brewers, <laughs> the next three series. Yep. That doesn't get me excited about getting yeah. Pulos to 700. But then I just realized the yeah. Cardinals finished their season with six straight games against the Pirates. What is that? Now, if hey, the Pirates if... aren't throwing him fastballs right down the middle so he gets there, I'm going to be even more heated than I am about the Raiders. I'm ah. sorry. If that ain't prime October baseball, I don't know what is. Yeah. The Cardinals Pirates, five straight days to start October. Love that. Huge, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you have prime a... scheduling right there. You got that Pirates have that negative 214 run differential right now. If you're not grooving hit heaters those that last week, um, I don't know what you're doing. So yeah, I'm feeling even better about seeing 700. Um, yeah, hopefully it comes in those games against or the because they yeah, they play a home and away series to finish it. Hopefully we get 700 in that home series because. But I guess, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be packed if he has a shot at 700. Every, so All of these stadiums are going to be packed. Yeah. And he's not going to hit it to an empty house. He's not playing against the A's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's an electric feeling when you're in a stadium, possibly witnessing history. When I was a kid, when Barry Bonds had 713 home runs, one shy of uh, Babe Ruth's record, went to a game didn't see him hit 714 but was just in there during those at bats and it was crazy it's like something you never seen before yeah. um but we have another home run record chase uh judge hit homers 58 and 59 today and it's also on tripper triple clown watch triple clown triple oh, clown Meridian yeah. <laughs> slip got a lot uh, of triple clown Triple crown watch, because uh, he's just one uh, point shy of Luis Arraez of the batting title. And if he gets that, he obviously has the RBI and a home run to give him that triple crown. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. I saw that he had five batted balls with an exit velocity of 100 miles an hour or more. <laughs> Here, you want to you know a great stat for you? Uh, yesterday, Aaron Judge had more batted balls at 110 plus than the Giants have had in the second half of this season. That's, that's mean, pretty impressive. Notorious power hitters, the San Francisco Giants. Dude, I'm sorry. You could say whatever, but in the no, entire second impressive. half, it's like, still bro, impressive. I agree. <laughs> I, I don't think it's impressive as much as it is depressing for the Giants. <laughs> like, true. The Giants can't hit. Oh, okay. That's the last time I'm gonna bring up the Giants. No, it isn't. Well, <laughs> no, it's not. Speaking of speaking of frustrating, how frustrated would you be if you're a Brewers fan right now? Like, because it's not like the Brewers or the Pirates who are talking about with Pools. Brewers are trying to get into the playoffs right now. Why are we throwing Aaron Judge literally anything? No. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, like there is, there is the the school of thought of like maybe. The Brewers, as a, like a, as like a clubhouse, are thinking to themselves like, if we cannot pitch to Judge, we don't belong in the playoffs. We're gonna have to it, like if if we think we're gonna make it all the way and we think we might face him, we have to be able to play against those kinds of guys. But then there's also the school of thought of like, walk him, just walk him. I mean, just do it. Just his walk him. Batting average is only like three seventeen. That means he's not getting a hit sixty five percent of the time, right? Yeah, basically, he's garbage. <laughs> pretty much is what I'm hearing. <laughs> 
big brain moves right there. Um, but yeah, you, yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, it's rough, but I mean, Aaron Judge is insanely good. It's gonna be a shame when he breaks Maris's record and doesn't win MVP. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny too, talking about MVP. Um, I, some I don't remember what uh, like like reporter or whatever did it, but somebody asked Shohei about it, and he was basically just like, "I'm even having a better season than last year, and I won it last year." So, yeah, dude, I actually had an interesting conversation with someone in one of my classes about it. Because he's a Dodger fan. And you know, you know what I've learned is in the Giants Dodgers rivalry, there's two types of people about it. There's two, there's like me, and I'm just kind of playful, like I'm going to talk smack about the Dodgers. But at the end of the day, I respect the Dodgers. Of course. And then there's people who just talk trash about the other team when they don't know much and they just do it to talk trash. And I'm starting to just kind of get bored with that type of fan. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with like playfully talking trash about the Dodgers. Like, I love doing it, but like, not even like I don't know. <laughs> the funniest statement was he's like, "I don't care about the regular season. I only care about rings." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> That's such a wild statement to me. <laughs> I don't care that you've dominated me for the last ten years in a row in the division. Well, other than last year. Um, yeah, Boy, that, that sounds like some hardcore bandwagon cope right there. <laughs> but anyways, he was the reason I brought this up is because he made Aaron Judge comment to me and he was talking about like how insane it is. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he's, it's insane. And I was like, jokingly, was like, oh, yeah, it's a shame he's not even going to win the MVP. And his reaction was just like, what? He's 100 percent the MVP. And I was just like, huh, like there's people out there. A lot of people like Tons of a people. lot of people. And, yeah, like I think Aaron Judge is great and I think he's incredibly impressive. But, like, when you look at the OPS and you look at the RBIs, like, yes, he's significantly better than Otani, but, dude, Otani's pitching numbers are insane yeah. right now. I mean, like, you, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, we might be witnessing one of the best batting seasons since Bonds in 2004, and yet we are also seeing a pitcher who is top five in ERA and top ten in OPS at the same time. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's, I, I was listening to the Athletic. A baseball podcast and there's two people on both sides of the argument and then the judge guys go and given this long explanation about how judge is just far and beyond better than any other batter right now and then the other guy goes okay cool what's his era yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <Cool. laughs> literally there's nothing there's no value on that side of the ball right. i mean there's defensive value still but pitching value is ah, it's just crazy but um to highlight something spectacular about Aaron Judge, because I know we're very pro-Tani here. Um, so in 2021, he had a solid year, slugged 544. In 2017, his rookie of the year, and a lot of people say should have been first MVP year, he slugged 627. This year, he's slugging 701. So it's yeah, like, it's Judge has had some very good years, and he's just like head and shoulders slugging above what he's ever done before yeah um, yeah so it's just crazy i i love aaron judge and especially the season he's having like and one thing i want to say is like me personally if he wins mvp over otani it's not something i'd be like upset about i'd be like okay like i can understand it it's just i feel like if judge wins it's almost otani fatigue which is wild yeah. to say this early on but it's just like yeah because dude judge's hitting stats truly are like Oh, they're insane. Like you said, the best season since like Barry Bonds. And like you could easily argue that. Like, yeah, it's, it's the wild. kind of thing where if if Judge wins MVP, you go the wrong guy won it, but also the right guy won it. 
Like, it's it, it really should be Otani, but it's not incorrect for Judge to win it either. Um, it, it'll just be interesting, I think, to see what, what the voters end up doing with, with, uh, with that. Because, I mean, we'll get to see how many, like, where, where people ranked them. So, it'll be interesting. But yeah, and the wrong guy would get robbed. <laughs> Someone's right. getting robbed. Yeah. Just who. <laughs> like it should be like it should be that we just don't have an NL MVP and it's just those two. <laughs> well, I mean, we can look forward to next year when Aaron Judge is in the NL. Yeah, on the Dodgers. On the Giants. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. It might happen. It, it might never. It, never. it certainly <laughs> could. He's from the it area. Is indeed possible. In the same way that it's possible for, you know, for the Rockies to be good. Yeah. I, I feel like, okay. So, Chris Bryant, very yeah. close to finishing the year with zero home runs. In and Colorado. That, in Colorado. That is surprising. Yes. But the fact this deal isn't working out. Not surprising. I love Chris Bryant. It's not the most surprising thing. Like, Part of the reason the Giants didn't offer him the money is because the Giants are like, hey, we like you. We would love to keep you, but uh, you're asking for too much. Yeah. Worth worth and, noting, Chris Bryant is not having an atrocious year. He's also just been out for a lot of the time. But yes. it is just remarkable that we are going to have... He's going to be one of like a, like a list of less than 10 of qualified hitters in Colorado to not hit a home run in Colorado. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, the Rockies that's going to be a rough contract I really hope he turns it around next year because I do like Chris yeah, Bryant good dude. and yeah. I don't want Chris Bryant to be like Chris Davis oh. I, for, I forgot how many good years Chris Bryant has had because I saw oh he's got an 851 OPS this year that's actually pretty solid that's, a, that's the fifth best of his year I thought that would be maybe like you know top three but yeah he's had he, he had a stretch there where he was really really good for a while yeah, best average of his career so far, but as we mentioned, uh, only in 42 games so far. So, yeah, that's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. Yeah, I don't know. I always got a soft spot in my heart for the Rockies, but they just don't know how to be a team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> an organization, yeah. I should say. Well, it's weird because I feel like the Rockies and like the Diamondbacks are similar in my brain where it's going to be a lot of not great years, but you trust that every once in a while, they're going to get something competitive around. Yeah. Uh, especially the Diamondbacks. I feel like with all the young talent that they have right now, like when I look at like the pirates and the pirates, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't trust that anything good is going to happen. I think you know? we would have put the Orioles in that conversation before exactly. this year. Yeah, but... that's what I was about to say. And I was like, wait, yeah. they're actually good right now. <laughs> yeah, it, I, and not only that, like, it seems like they're handling the, like, young kids correctly. Like, they're bringing up Gunnar Henderson. They're bringing up Adley Rushman. And it's like, okay, it's time for them to figure it out in the big leagues. Like, and Adley's figured it out. Gunnar, I haven't really followed him. I haven't really heard much from him either when he, since when he got called up. So I'm assuming it's kind of been rough. But. Saw some electric plays from him. I remember when he first came up. He had that. Hey, he, had he actually that has a three twenty eight average right now. So yeah, I remember. I thought it was good for yeah. Gunner. Yeah, he's been good. Good Gunner. Um, but 
there's another storyline that down this uh, stretch, almost as riveting as Chris Bryant finally hitting a homer in Colorado. <laughs> One of our favorite big boys in baseball, Adam, do you want to? Yeah. Share? Uh, Lance Lynn, who we really haven't talked about much or at all. Um, I mean, part of that is because the White Sox kind of had a really rough start to the season and, and he was kind of a big part of it. Um, has really turned it around in the second half. Um, his first half of the season was pretty rough. Only had one win to his name, seven and a half ERA over 36 innings, a one on 1.5 whip, um, and was not striking out nearly as many people as he was walking. Um, but come second half of the season, I mean, he's six and two in the win win loss column. He's got a 2.13 ERA over 67 and two thirds innings, a whip well under one at a at a 0.82. And striking out way more people than walking at 11.1 strikeouts per walks. Um, haven't really talked about him all that much because obviously I think there were bigger stories uh, for the White Sox. Whether it was sort of Cueto having a really good year or you know the, all of the things happened managerially. Um, but Lance Lynn has yeah, quietly really, really turned it around. Um, which is good to see. Yeah, I think it was uh, last year he was kind of someone we talked about as a dark horse Cy Young with his ability to eat up innings, kind of struggled with some injury the last couple of years, but he's been a really solid pitcher when he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you guys brought up Lance Lynn, he's been great. I feel like the White Sox situation this season has kind of left him in the situation where like the second half has been overlooked, especially with his rough first half. Uh, but when you said the big boy and threw to Adam, I thought we were going to talk about the Alejandro Kirk situation. Which one? The fan. Well, the fan calling him out on social media and Alec Manoa just like. Oh, that wasn't hey, a fan. Bro, like, oh, it wasn't. No, that was, was a Toronto was radio a... broadcaster. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I thought it was just like a random fan on Twitter. Oh, oh, boy. OK, well, yeah, I guess we can jump into that if we want. Yeah. Um, sure. Anyway, Lance Lynn, good season. Uh, no, <laughs> um, the Alejandro Kirk thing. Uh, yeah, Toronto's, uh, Toronto's, uh, Twitter posted a video of, of Alejandro Kirk. I don't remember what the caption was. It doesn't really matter. Um, but hauling from first and scoring. So this is scoring from first to home and, uh, Alejandro Kirk, uh, for those that may not know, built like a bowling ball. Uh, stud. he's a big dude, but, but he's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's been hitting really, really well. He's awesome defensively, just all around a really good ball player. Just happens to be like five eight and two fifty. Yeah, yeah, just happens to be all around. Um, anyway, he Toronto Toronto does uh, Toronto posts that on their Twitter video of it, and a uh, Toronto Toronto broadcaster, a radio guy, uh, made some comments about you know that that's not the kind of thing we want to see. You know that oh how much better he could oh be if he was God. in shape and stuff like that. And uh, Alec Manoa, who is well, and there was something else about like, is this the image you want to be putting out yeah. as like the face of yes. something? And like, Ex yeah. yeah, there was a lot of that too. It was the kind of thing of like, really, you know, is this the is this what we want to be showing kids playing baseball and promoting? Yeah, oh my God. And Alec Manoa, another noted big guy, <laughs> uh, who is having an absolutely remarkable season, and it would be criminal to say anything about like, oh, imagine how much better he could be. Um, considering how good he is right now, absolutely lit into him on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, called him out, was doing a bunch of stuff like that. He There was since an apology put out um, 
about the whole thing. But yeah, that that did happen this week. I'd sort of forgotten but, about it. Dude, I think the Manoa thing is so like important because he like said like, oh, do we really want to be telling? He said something like, do you want to be telling that kid who's 10 pounds overweight? Oh, you you don't belong in the game. Or right. do we want them to play their best and try to make it? He's like, what is this like? Like, that is the type of player we want to advertise. We want to be out front because guess what? That little kid at home who's 10 pounds overweight, which probably was me at that age, honestly. Yeah. Like, it, they're seeing like, oh, those type of guys don't belong on the game. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah it's so dumb. Sh- shout out Alec Manoa for standing up for his teammate. No, yeah, it was awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, the kind of thing that, you know, you, you hate to see um, uh, any personality or person saying something like that just like come on man really um and i did actually find the the tweets that got that as a radio host in trouble um but yeah talking about you know yeah you're, you're too narrow-minded to see that i'm defending baseball ratings attendance and interest in younger demographics are down and the image of athletes who is marketed to the masses matters imagine how much better he'd be if he were in better shape is uh what matthew Ross yeah, said that was that's wild yeah i found crazy i found one of Manoa's tweet he says what's actually embarrassing for the sport is people that go by the name of matthew have never played a day in the big leagues thinking they can control the narrative and stereotypes yep. go ahead and tell that eight-year-old kid who is 10 pounds overweight that he should quit now or just step aside from the keyboard and let kirk inspire those kids to continue to chase their dreams and chase greatness yeah so yeah. crazy now, yeah re- representation is important so like you know having people of all different types, body types, you know, ethnicities, sexual orientations is important. Yep. You know, people at the end of the day, themselves. to me, at the end of the day, it comes down to performance. Like, why do we care about that other stuff? Like, right. Well, because no, he's sure. so much better, even though he's leading all catchers in baseball like, in WRC bro, plus yeah. and average. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, like, yeah. Alejandro Kirk, yeah, he could totally be, he could totally be so much better. Oh, uh, oh how, how's he doing? Oh, he's doing really, really well, though. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. the best offensive catcher in baseball and like top three in war in all of yeah, baseball it's just the catches. so wild <laughs> yeah and then but you know and then to be defended by alec manoa another big guy who's oh by the way posting a 2.4 era <laughs> who's oh yeah posting a 2.4 era basically a one whip and holding opposing batters to a 206 average oh yeah 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 that guy oh he could be so much better though <laughs> yeah like come on dude <laughs> crazy oh anyway uh. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. I I didn't even it wasn't even on the dock. I don't think <laughs> I forgot that, that that was a a thing that happened this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's another stuff. thing on the dock. I don't know if you guys want to talk about the White Sox and the Ken Rosenthal article. Oh yeah, that so yeah, that was a pretty big thing that happened this week. Ken Rosenthal wrote an open letter to uh, Tony Larusa who, if you're not aware, you haven't listened to our podcast or whatever, is currently away from the White Sox. He had some issue with his like heart monitor, I believe, right? Yeah, pacemaker, I think. His pacemaker, like yeah. So, and he had to, like, they had to fix it, reconnect a wire or whatever, so he's been at home resting, recovering from that, and the White Sox have actually been playing pretty well since he's gone, and Ken Rosenthal wrote an open article to Tony La Russa just kind of saying, like, you've had a great career, you've been great, now might be time to retire. And I don't know, what was your guys' take on that? I think thus far, I think we've kind of maybe agreed um, as far as like, yeah, Tony Russo, awesome manager, probably a Hall of Fame manager, but isn't I would say there's no right probably now. about it. 
yeah, yeah. no true but yeah and but right now he's not that and he's not what the white Sox currently need yeah him and just i don't know from a lot of the stuff that we've just seen throughout this year it just seems like it'd also be better for tony la Russa to not be managing right now yeah. like not not that he doesn't have to be in baseball, because I know in 2018 he was like an advisor on the Red Sox, and like he could still have different roles. But it seems like so it's so much to be a manager, uh, especially I, with all the travel. You know, all that stuff. It's a lot of stress too, and at that age, like the travel and the stress, and like that stuff gets harder by day. I mean, <laughs> I I could totally see the White Sox moving him to somewhere up in like front office and having a new manager, and that being something that is both good for the White Sox as an organization and good for the team clubhouse because I think they also clearly wanted uh, some sort of manager change. And I believe Rosenthal mentioned that in his thing too. Like, now it's time to sit back, be the advisor. You've earned that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think Rosenthal was coming from a good pay place. I know when I first said it, Noah was, sent the article, Noah was kind of like, whoa, that's kind of like wild. Yeah. It, it I mean, sounds do you rough. Remember your to initial me. thoughts, Noah? Yeah, well, I didn't uh, necessarily know how close of a relationship Rosenthal and Larusa had. Yeah. So I was just like, if I was like, obviously, I agree with the points that Rosenthal is making, but I, I figured I thought maybe like the timing was a little off, as you know, Larusa is yeah. dealing with health issues, and you're just kind of like doing this to him publicly. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I don't know. Rosenthal has that's his job, so you got to right. understand that as well. Also, but, uh, I'll, yeah, oh. I was gonna say, also, we we're talking about um, another manager being inside the White Sox clubhouse. Uh, I know that the players have been really praising Miguel Cairo, who's taken over about his communication skills and just really like the energy that he's brought as well. So, yeah, it's kind of another sign that, um, they like that new, uh, you know that new energy, that new manager. Yeah, all, all signs from the players and the performance of the players seems to think and, and point to the fact that, uh, yeah, maybe Tony Russo, not the uh, not the answer to come back as manager. Yeah, I mean, hey, wish nothing but the best for Tony LaRusso. Hopefully Absolutely. he heals up and hopefully we see him as an advisor next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the uh, the biggest news of the week Ooh. comes with uh, the Rangers being officially eliminated from postseason <laughs> contention. You might be thinking to yourself, what does spending over a half a billion dollars get you? Well, it gets you currently 10 more wins than the team that did the exact opposite of spending a half a billion dollars in the Oakland A's. <laughs> That's truly tragic. But hey, on the bright side, they do have one of two shortstops that hit 30 home runs this year. Huge. It's true. Massive, dude. I mean, Corey Seager's a stud. He is a stud. He hit his 30. I mean, I remember there was that stretch at the beginning of the year where he was kind of didn't have that home run for a while. And we were like, oh, is this going to be walked with the bases loaded? Yeah. I mean, I mean, also, there's there's still the like, you know, Simeon thing of like, wow, Simeon started off really bad. Oh, and yeah, he's been incredible. He's been really solid now. But uh, I mean, yeah, I it turns feel like out doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't turn the season around. Yeah, I, I think we knew that from the beginning of the year, they would still need pitching. I don't know what you're and talking about. They were going to win it all. They were going to win it all. Yeah, they were going to do it. The man. three of us looked at their roster and was like, man, they need some pitching. <laughs> <laughs> they were so but, close. Uh, they were so <laughs> close. 
They'll get them next time. <laughs> well, since I kind of leaned into it already, Corey Seager was one shortstop to hit 30 home runs. Yeah. The other was Willie Adamas, who of the Milwaukee Brewers, who was traded from the Rays last year. And dude, Adamas is just a stud. Yeah. Like there was some talk about how maybe like he wasn't hitting to his full potential with the Rays because he struggled with the batter's eye. I don't know, whatever it is. Domas is a top three hitting shortstop in baseball, and I'm going to say that pretty confidently. A top three hitting shortstop in baseball or a top three just, shortstop? I said hitting, and now I'm kind of backtracking it. But do you know what? I Looking at no stats, I'll say it. I'll be oblivious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that okay was so... I mean, I love Willie Adamas. He's not top three. He is not Bogart, a top three hitting shortstop. Bobachet. Bobachet. I take oh, Willie Adamas over Bobachet. Yeah, Bobachet's been turning it on. Uh, really? Bobachet and Willie Adamas are actually really close. They're similar, I would, but I I would take Adamas. No. Nah. No shot. But okay, I'm no definitely shot. Take I'm back taking the Adamas over Bobachet. But uh, yeah, no, I will walk back the top three though because there is a lot of really. Sorry, good I'm not even. I'm not. Nah, this isn't even. This isn't even a homer take. But if you're taking Adamus, who's got 119 hits and 30 homers, over Bobuchet, who's got 168 hits and 24 homers and with like 50 more points of average, you're crazy. As a overall shortstop, I I might take that one. I can allow, but yeah, if it was batting, no shot, not even close. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but anyway, Adamus still, still really good. Still really might, good. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. I don't know. Can you think of someone that's more underrated than Willie Adamus? He's sitting at just above uh, four wins in terms of his WAR this year. Very consistent, especially the last two years. Only, only more maybe underrated is Nico Horner, um, just because he's on the Cubs. Nobody really pays attention to him. I didn't know what name to be ready for there, but I can promise you Nico Horner was not on my radar. Yeah, nobody <laughs> really ready right. for it. You see what I mean? Like, yeah, Nico Horner's super underrated. Dude's batting 291. He's got an OPS of 759. He's doing pretty good. I mean, he doesn't hit home runs or anything. Um, but as far as a shortstop hitting well, I mean, he's, he's doing pretty solid. Anyway, no, we, nice. we're talking underrated. He's super underrated. <laughs> yeah, we love Adamus. Um, we love, I mean... Brewers, that's the most exciting sort of playoff race to watch right now. The Brewers trying to sneak into that wild card. Really kind of the only thing to be excited about, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, what else? I feel like everything else is kind of set. Like, I think last week, didn't we say the Idel is more set than the AL? But now the AL is like super set. The AL is feeling pretty set. Yeah. Don't, I, I mean, we're going to see. Don't yeah, I mean so obviously what, don't don't count the Orioles out. The but... last hope is still there because the Mariners are currently on a three-game losing streak. If they're not able to get a win in these next two games and then the Orioles win, there's there's the pressure is gonna start to go really tight yeah. in Seattle. For sure. It it, it could definitely still happen. You already bet the theoretical two hundred bucks a couple weeks ago yeah. on the AL. Well being they're... locked? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, oh, there is I'm doubling down. Yeah, doubling down. Oh, hey, all right then. I was gonna say there is there is one thing that uh, did become set this week for the AL, and that is Houston has officially clinched, um, in no small part to a certain Jordan Alvarez, who uh, yeah. do you guys see what he did Friday? 
be good at baseball? Uh, well, I mean, how about hit uh 1,329 feet of home runs in five innings? It, is it possible to say Jordan Alvarez is still underrated? <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Um, I feel like in the yeah. national radar, like his OPS is over a one dot. Like, yeah. I do not hear Jordan Alvarez's name enough. Yeah. This well, it's uh, funny. Yeah. Adam and I were kind of talking about this before the podcast that because of Otani and Judge, some really great stories and performances like Jordan, Johnny Cueto, Martin Perez, even and even Sandy a little bit, obviously not on our podcast. Right. Yeah, we're big really Sandy fans. Yeah. Um, but tell us more about Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Jordan on Friday. Now against the A's. Uh, so eh, take take that for what it is. Um, poor Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez was the uh, the pitcher who was unfortunately uh, destroyed three times by Jordan. Uh, Jordan hit a 431 uh, footer, a 434 footer, and then a 464 in a his first three at bats of the game off of Adrian Martinez. Uh, and then once Adrian Martinez got pulled. Uh, Jordan decided to have a fourth hit on the night, which was a single that left the bat at 109. <laughs> so he had a day uh, hitting the baseball. ball really hard. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Over the last week, a nice 1.991 OPS. Yeah, we I we mean, talk. Uh, we now we've we've had obviously pioneered the dinner time metric of OPS. If your OPS is a dinner time OPS on a twenty four hour clock, that's nuts. <laughs> because and, that's uh, that's what a nine that's what a one nine nine one is. That's a dinner time in twenty four hour. Just well, yeah, I think before eight o'clock. After we get stuff. after we get past uh, dinner time, I start to go on to years, and I think if your OPS is a millennial, uh, that's that <laughs> is. You're, uh, <laughs> doing good (laughs) you have a millennial ops oh no yeah Yeah, no that's either way yeah you're don absolutely crushing and the houston astros absolutely cruising um yeah they've they've clinched their playoff they've clinched i believe maybe the division as well i mean let's be honest they clinched the division a long time ago um if your if your OPS doesn't know what it's like to put in a good hard days of work, <laughs> you're doing pretty good. <laughs> if, 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 if your OPS didn't know what it was like to grow up without internet. <laughs> uh, your OPS grew up on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Oh, oh man. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jordan Alvarez stud. Indeed. Big time stud. Huge. Big time. Big stud. Um, you know, another stud of my sleeper playoff team. Yeah. The Cleveland Guardians. I'm not giving up on them. I mean they are still in the lead. Yep. They're gonna They'll win, win their division, division, probably. Yeah, the last and ten. You don't want to play the youngest team in baseball. I mean, I do. They're still not an eighty win team. Hey, uh I can't wait, dude. I hope they have like a Cinderella year and go to the World Series and I will be the most toxic on this podcast. <laughs> well, be, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right, hold on. Cleveland has their little Cinderella year. They get to they get to go to the World Series. Who are they facing? The Dodgers? They're going to get destroyed. No, no, of course. The, the, why the would Mets, they play the Dodgers? The Mets it's not like are the Dodgers are the obliterate them. They don't have a shot no, against any of the no. NL teams. No. 
don't know what you're talking about. Okay, the only good outcome of this Cinderella story is if it's a Cinderella story between Cleveland and St. Louis, in which case there are no losers. That would be a that'd be a wild that'd be something. That'd be a good World Series. Anyway, that would be something. Anyway, you're, I don't know. I'm you're played player. by some metrics. Anyways. No coast World Series. Cool. <laughs> oh, no coast. Um, Ahmed Rosario. They had two games doubleheader. I almost said two doubleheaders. That wouldn't be incorrect. They had a doubleheader against a team. I think the Twins. That could be wrong. Uh, Ahmed Rosario had eight <laughs> hits in a day. Two four-game hits. No, four hit games. Oh, Ryan, my brain is... <laughs> you are in shambles. I, you know what? I Dude. will tell you one thing. It was against the Twins, so oh, you got that going my memory's, for you. My memory's not completely failing me. Oh, a dub is against the old Twinkies <laughs> but, there. Dude, Ahmed Rosario's kind of been underrated this year. I mean, he has a 283 batting average. His OPS is a little low. He's 718. He doesn't hit for a lot of power. But, dude, he's been like a utility player, playing some short, playing some outfield. I'm sure he's probably played second base. He's playing a little bit of everywhere. Uh, and, yeah, he's having a great year. I mean, his last seven games, he has a 412 average and a 412 on base percentage. Love to see that. No walks. Why do, why do we walk? That is the slow-pitch softball mindset if I've ever seen one. I'm why walk hit. when you can run? Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, just old school, you know, slapping the ball around. And it's funny, 412 average, you know, it hits in a day and still on the week, his OPS is right at a one dot, which is crazy, you know, yep. thinking about Jordan's millennial average. You see how much value power brings. But then also with Ahmed, just getting on base is a whole different thing than compared to Jordan as well, because Ahmed could really make some things happen. Stealing bases, going first to third, first to home, all that kind of stuff. So. You know, OPS isn't everything, but just I thought it was really interesting to see that OPS still right, barely at one dot, even though he's been on absolute fire. Yeah. And I love me some Guardians and a Meta Rosario, even though Andres Jimenez stud. Yeah. You know, you know what I love, though, even more than you love the Guardians? I love people (laughs) walking off the Yankees. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. <laughs> Woo, baby! <laughs> uh, Garrett Mitchell, a uh, good old rookie for the Brewers, who's a bat now. Oh, oh mm, a crisp 156 average. Uh, mm. Not usually the guy that you'd expect to uh, be making big clutch hits, but he comes up in a tie game. Uh, Clay Holmes pitching for the Yankees, who has been really good so far this year. Uh, and he smokes one up off the middle. Walk off. Beautiful. And the the call from the Brewers was really, really good, too. Um, but, hey, look at the rookie walking off the Yankees. You love to see it. Uh, yeah, no doubt. And speaking of things that it, it just doesn't get much better than, Ryan Helsley had a, had a pretty elite outing, didn't he, Adam? Oh, yes. Probably my favorite pitching thing that can happen. Uh, Ryan Helsley threw an immaculate inning for the Cardinals against the Reds, um, and did it in pretty much the the best kind of situation, to get a save in a one-run game, absolutely ice cold, um, nine pitches, three strikeouts, pure filth. Love it. Yeah, so, Brian, like, other than taking out magnitude, like putting it in a playoff or a rivalry game, does anything get better for a closer than immaculate ending to seal a one-run save? 
walking out like Edwin Diaz than doing it. Yeah, this is true. That's fair. That's true. <laughs> That's fair. Ryan like Helsley is literally yeah. Ryan Helsley not really known for an elite walkout. Um, I, I think they tried doing something with Helsley with like uh, Hell's Bells. I could be mistaken. Okay, maybe I don't know. I didn't. But I think it was the Cardinals who tried that. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Don't we should me. have more closer walkouts though. That should be a thing. It'll come. It'll come. Give it know. five years and then. Oh, for it'll... sure. I, I think we're getting there. <laughs> we're absolutely getting there. I'm okay with it being the closer in the ninth inning. I do not yes. want to be in like the fifth, sixth inning watching a whole walkout for some no, random that's, reliever. <laughs> that's fair. If we ever get there, that's like too much. That's a little much. I agree. But no, for, like, for we closers. We need the lights flashing on and off in the yeah. fifth inning. But yeah, for a closer, for a save opportunity, yeah, that's, that's big. Heck yeah, give it to me. But yeah. That's... Get creative. Like, I want to see someone come out on like, <laughs> like a, like a, what's it called? A parade float. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe not that. Maybe not that much. Like, imagine, if, imagine if a San Francisco Giants player came out on a kayak that had like a go kart under. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's think of something really ridiculous, like a player coming out on a boat while wearing a captain's hat on opening day. <laughs> I mean, hey. Oh wait, that happened. Oh wait a minute, we've done that. We've been there. Oh, dude, it's so sad that he did that, then had a garbage year. <laughs> <laughs> Shout it's, out Brandon Belt for the one oh, time. So He's, Brandon Belt, uh, here's your update: season-ending surgery. See him probably maybe not next year. You know, before I kind of would have thought he would go somewhere else, but now. If he's in baseball next year, I feel like it'll be with the Giants. Hey, remember when? If at all, remember when Brian said he wasn't going to talk about the Giants anymore? <laughs> uh, also, shout out no, Hunter Pence getting put on the Wall of Fame. That's Love true. Deserved. Hundred percent deserved. Deserved. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Oh, wait, never mind. I thought. Um, I thought I just saw that Brandon Belt's middle name is Kai, but it's actually Kyle. So. Oh, lame. No story. No story there. Lame name. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, middle name, but, I don't know. What's Justin Verlander's middle name? Oh, I'll get on to it quick. We, we, we need to get on that. Uh, but Justin, uh, fill in the blank, Verlander, uh, comes off the IL. I know we talked about, you know, obviously, does does him going on the IL for a little bit, you know, maybe st- uh, hurt his chances of Cy Young? He heard that. Uh, he came off his first start, five innings. Uh, they pulled him after five. I think that was just probably the plan from the get-go. He only threw 79 pitches. But on those 79 pitches, didn't give up a hit, only walked one person, and struck out nine people. Yeah. So Justin Justin Verlander. Uh-huh. No, oh. no, it's, it's, it's Brooks. Clearly, parents thought he was going to be a third baseman. He just turned out to be a Hall of Fame uh, pitcher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it is what I it is. That happens. Yeah, hate. Oh, man, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, um, so, yeah, Verlander, uh, Cy Young chances, uh, uh, not hurt, not hurt, not hurt. still really, really good. <laughs> Looks like he's the favorite again. Um, uh, but yeah, another pitcher to highlight uh, trade acquisition. We haven't really talked about it all, but has been really solid. Uh, talked a lot about Jordan Montgomery on the uh, Cardinals, but Jose Quintana. 244 ERA, 279 FIP since he's joined uh, the the old Redbirds. And on Friday night, went eight shutout innings. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, just, just yeah. been a really solid performer for the Cardinals. Uh, Guillermo. Jose Guillermo. Done. Fun fact. <laughs> we're just, just going to do everybody's middle names now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. 
Oh no. But, uh, <laughs> oh no. Okay. Another another good performer that I want to highlight because we've talked about the Reds uh, being on the wrong end of uh, uh, some of these good performances. So now someone whose middle name is actually the name we call him by, Hunter Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a very up and down uh, start to the year, some really brilliant flashes, uh, but then just really inconsistent. Uh, over his last five starts, nice 215 ERA, 184 fifth, and then his most recent outing, and six shutout innings with 11 strikeouts, just an absolute flamethrower of an arm. Yeah, Hunter Green was definitely one of those guys that I know early in the season when he was first making some of his some of his appearances that uh, he was he was a guy to watch out for. You know, obviously the Reds kind of suck, still suck, but. You know, he was definitely a name to watch on that team, a reason to watch the Reds, um, if ever there was one. Because man, when he's when he's on it, he's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, he actually uh, broke his own record, throwing the most pitches over 100 miles per hour in one game at 47. That's so dumb. Remember when? <laughs> Which that's... Rem- remember when 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 100 mile an hour pitches was Araldis Chapman and nobody else. <laughs> And now we have a guy who threw 47 in a game. Yeah. yeah. And then we had, we had Sandy throw a 100-mile-an-hour sinker with 19 inches of run as well. Yeah. yeah. That's wild, too. Yeah. yeah. In in a game where he threw his fifth complete game on the season, uh, there's not another team that has more than three. Yeah, that's wild. That's so dumb. <laughs> Sandy's ridiculous. There is, there is perhaps a more consistent pitcher in baseball, though. Indeed, uh, despite it being consistent on a stat that I still think is kind of a dumb stat, but quality starts, it's still somewhat of a valuable stat, I guess. But uh, Framber Valdez has set a uh, MLB record for the most consecutive quality starts in a season at 25 of them in a row, uh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, Framber is just a stud. I love that guy. Yeah, I mean, like when we talk about, you know, Mike Trout, or we go back and talk about prime bonds and going up, going to the park, knowing, oh yeah, I'm probably gonna get on base, you know, once every two times, to- or, or two out of every four times, or something like that. Um, yeah, going to the park on your pitching day, and going, yeah, I'm probably gonna go at least six, you know, allow three or less. It's like that's a good feeling. <laughs> no, it is. Adam, one one thing I do want to ask is, what's your gripe with the uh, quality start stat? Uh, my gripe with the quality start stat is that you can get a start like Verlander had, which was five innings, nine strikeouts. That doesn't qualify. Okay. That's not a quality okay. start? Huh? <laughs> is what, so that's my gripe with that stat. So the, the inning requirement, is the that six, the part that kind of gets it's, it for you? It's not, it's not the fact that it's a hard six-inning requirement or the fact that it's a three-earned run requirement. I, honestly, none of that is what bothers me. It's just the fact that you have really remarkable outlier performance, or not even necessarily outlier performances, but really remarkable performances that just simply don't count as a quality start. Um... Like, if you really approached anybody and gave them that Verlander stat line and said, was this a quality start? Not the stat, but, like, quality. Was this a good start? Nobody on the planet would say no. And yet it doesn't okay. qualify. That That's sort of my gripe. That's why I think it's a kind of silly stat. Uh, not that it's... 
Not that it's an inherently bad stat, because it is still super, like, it is so impressive to have 25 consecutive quality starts. That's really remarkable. I just think that it's also ridiculous because you get some really good performances that don't qualify. I appreciate that argument. I know there are some people that go, well, if you do a quality start every time, that gives you a 4-5 ERA. In which my response has always been like, well, then maybe we need to value those four ERAs a little bit more. Yeah, no, um, for sure. I mean, I like I like where you're crazy. coming from. I guess another example, and it's not on this document because I think it literally finished today. But Degrom had a had a start today, which up until the sixth inning was absolutely remarkable. Um, but he gave up a, a three run home run to O'Neill Cruz, which is what what sent him out of the game. Um, but DeGrom through five innings had five innings pitched with 13 strikeouts. Yeah. That means that there were only two batters that put a ball in play in five innings. That doesn't count as a quality start. Solid. That's the, that's that's, the reason that I think that stat's kind of yeah. dumb. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Who cares? Moving Another on, person, we got some... Yeah. Oh. Oh, if we're Wait, moving we, on to the have... same, another record-breaking pitcher, then oh we're gosh. going to the right place. Um, because, crazy. Spe- I mean, talking about strikeouts, obviously DeGrom is, is un- unbelievable, uh, but so is Spencer Strider, who... I bet you he's got a weird middle name. He might. I don't know. You want to you get on that while I talk about this record? Okay, so Spencer Strider just broke a record, and obviously... This dude's a rookie, again, by the way, in case... Everybody forgot. Uh, Spencer Strider just broke 2001, which is basically prime Randy Johnson. Uh, Randy Johnson set a record for the fastest uh, pitcher to 200 strikeouts on a season at 130 and two-thirds innings pitched. Strider did it in 130 flat. He broke a Randy Johnson record for strikeouts. That's insane. You want to know something that's really insane? Yeah, the Giants got a win when Strider pitched against them. That's like wild. Uh. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, Spencer Robert Strider, not that weird, uh, but I also not as weird seeing, as the Giants beating him. Yeah, not as weird as that. I'm, I'm also now seeing he's about five months younger than me, so I'm gonna stop looking up middle names now. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of stats, the, the kind of things that just make you feel sad. Yeah, uh, like. But yeah, Spencer Strider, just an absolute strikeout machine. Um, the Braves just strike, striking gold with some of their young talent. Dude, the, and like continuously, like yeah. even Von Grissom, I think I said that name right. Don't quote me on that. But then Michael Harris, like they have so many guys that are just coming up and producing as rookies. It's ridiculous. Oh, it is Von Grissom. I had the right name. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, now on to some teams that are on the up. We got Brian's guards, eight of their last ten, now at oh. three and a half ahead of White Sox, who have also been surging seven out of ten. So really important for them to get hot exactly. when they have to maintain that lead. Um, yeah, and then we also got the old Astros, eight of their last ten, and as Adam mentioned they have clinched. So we are, in fact, playing baseball. The Astros have won the West, and so have the Dodgers. So 
is indeed a baseball season. I had the Phillies on here earlier, uh, and then they went on a a four-game losing streak, so maybe not the Phillies. Shout out the Rockies, won seven of their last ten. Go Colorado, finish strong. Anchoring down that last place in the NL West. Let's go. That's what I was, I mean, go, I, I just had a feeling when the year started, I said the Rockies aren't going to be good, but down the stretch might break some teams' hearts because I when saw, matters. Yeah, <laughs> can I saw they played Giants, Padres, Dodgers a lot at the end. Obviously, I don't think they're going to be breaking the Giants' hearts, but maybe they could break some Padres' hearts down the stretch. Maybe. If the Padres miss the playoffs and the Brewers and Phillies make it, man, I'll be so happy. Oh, man, that's... <laughs> Uh, it's only a two-game turnaround. Like it's, no, it's definitely possible. It's not. Uh, it's not out of the question. That is for sure. Let's go, Brewers! I love it. I'm here for it. Some, um, some teams that have been on the down, man. Yeah. Boston feels kind of sad. Yeah. Well, Red Sox, uh, four and six of their, over their last ten. But the real story here is that with two weeks left to go. They released Kevin Ploiecki, the WEC dog, who is an absolute, or was an absolute staple in that clubhouse. He started the home run cart tradition. Uh, He started, uh, they had this song, Dancing uh, With Myself, not the more common one, but this like, you know, kind of house song that... uh, the team just ran with, especially during the playoffs last year. Pitchers love throwing to this guy. And with expanded rosters and two weeks left, they released Kevin Ploiecki. And uh, it's just starting to really raise some questions uh, about how out of touch the front office is with that clubhouse. Because obviously the writing was on the wall, and I don't think any player would have been too upset about Lucky not being back next year, especially with Connor Wong and Reese McGuire having some pretty good showings uh, the last few weeks. But just with two weeks left to just, you know, kick a guy out <laughs> like well, that. Let him finish the brutal. season, man. It's brutal, yeah. especially like when you, it's not like Connor Wong is taking his place. Like you still have Abraham Almonte uh, on the team. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, Feels bad. Yeah, so that's it. You just have to have better awareness of what's going on in your clubhouse. I mean, it's two weeks. I love the Red Sox, but you're in last place. Like you're not doing anything. Like exactly. There, there was no need to make that type of move. Yep. Yeah. Also on the down, the Reds, as they've been kind of all year. They won today, though. So yeah, so it's actually two of two of their last ten they've won. Yeah. So yeah, we all, I mean, we did something. highlight Hunter Green. We yeah. also highlighted the Reds getting dominated. Quite yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah, the Reds also. Yeah, they they have they have been getting beat, getting beat. The Pirates are also on a four game slide. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to Not say. Not really that. Seven hundred. Here we come. <laughs> yup, yup, yup. Uh, and then uh, touched, Yeah, we touched on the Mariners on their three game slide, possibly starting to feel the tension. I don't even want to acknowledge it. That's good. I mean, Seattle's going to clutch up. That's tough because I love the Mariners. So much, but then the Orioles got me so excited. The Orioles want, did get me excited. I wanted what? both of them, but there wasn't a way. But yeah, wait, right. you know what? So no, no, no. the Mariners now are going to make it because the Orioles are going to be the Mariners next year. Like they sure. just barely miss it. They had all the hype. 
If sure. they have a good offseason, they could be in the position the Mariners are in now. Okay. So what what is what would be more what would be more sad then? For this is more for Noah, because obviously we're we're kind of hyped about the Orioles story. What is what would be more sad? The Orioles just barely missing the playoffs or making the playoffs and getting absolutely demolished in their <laughs> first series against that because whoever barely makes it in is playing the astros right? yeah i mean so what's the, wait, no, what's wait, what's the astros more depressing how does playoffs work i don't think they play the astros no astros would get a bye yeah i don't know who anyway playoffs are but what's now. but what's more depressing to barely miss the playoffs or to make the playoffs and then just get immediately slapped out of it barely miss the playoffs because everyone gets some extra money you okay. get your fans there you you get to celebrate making the playoffs okay i just just it's like i, I just wonder does that high make the getting slapped out of it any worse but fair enough yeah, either way, uh, Orioles are they come back next year focused and oh, hopefully with, sure. some, with some cavalry coming in as well. Yeah. Question, with playoffs coming, do you guys want to do a power ranking again? Just top five? Oh my gosh, that's... Oh man. Off okay. the dome? Hmm. Oh should, we start at, should we start at one? Because I feel like one... Oh my gosh, I know, what you're gonna say. The bottom. I know what you're going to say. What? No, okay. The Guardians, <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers. Um, okay. So, so, who's your guys' number one team in baseball? It's right the now? Dodgers. Dodgers. I'm just kidding. Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, I, it hurts me to say, but like I said, as much as I want to be irrational, Dodgers yep. are the best team in baseball. Absolutely. And I whispered that. Number two. Number two. The I have Astros. the Houston Astros. Yeah. Astros. Yep. I think that's not too much up for debate number three is where i've kind of held strong all year in my take and i'm gonna change it up i think the oh, Mets are number three now not the braves not the braves I, i'm changing my take just for now might change next week but for now i'm gonna go with the mets i'm going mets i would also go mets yeah Personally. number four i have the team i love and i think in a playoff series i still might take because I love myself some Braves. The Braves are number four. Yeah, I'll go Braves too. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. Now, this is tough. Me and the Braves. Now, this is where it could get a little interesting. Sure. Who do you guys have? I gotta think. Oh. I have the I'll Cardinal. Go. The Cardinals. Okay. I'm taking the Yankees. The boards. Like, the Yankees, they were the top two team for the majority of the year. I think they still could easily find that. I'm taking them as my number five team. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say who the Guardians? Who do I think is most likely <laughs> to win a playoff series? Oh, definitely the Guardians. I'm going the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Great starting, great starting pitching, an elite bullpen. Jesse Winker's going to turn it on. They got Julio. Cal Raleigh's my guy. Are you telling me Harrison Bader is not a difference maker? <laughs> oh, <Harrison laughs> they're about to get Harrison Bader back, man. They Ooh. traded Jordan Montgomery and their pitching depth to get this guy. Huge. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, that, take that trade, I think, single-handedly ruined the Yankees season. 
Man, I'm getting rid of Gallows. Maybe. How big of a rough patch they went through, and they still have the second best run differential in all of baseball. Yeah, well, that helps when you've got Judge. <laughs> this is true. Also, the Gallo is Gallo on the Dodgers is starting to look like Gallo on the Yankees again. So let's let's not say Are they we surprised lost by that? that. No, I'm not at all. He's batting 170. <laughs> it's... Take the shift away. No, no, I more said it was. <laughs> Gallo's okay. prepped to have a, a real big season with no more shift. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a chance. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. He's got to stop striking out every other at bat. This is very true. <laughs> um, okay, do you guys have anything else? I mean, we got some series to watch. Obviously, most okay. of the playoffs have been sort of shaken out as far as standings. So these are almost more potential playoff like uh, previews more than we anything. We got one seeding matchup true. too. Yeah. But uh, one of the big ones happening earlier this week, Mets and Brewers um, should be a very good one. Um, Obviously, Brewers sort of trying to claw their way over San Diego, and the Mets trying to hold their own over Atlanta. So, an important one. one. I'm really excited about this Guardians-White Sox early in the week. Yeah. I mean, the White Sox want to make a comeback. You hold it in your hand right here, right? Yep. There's nothing easier than getting, like, they can't match it if you win. You win, they lose, so... Yep, these these are what I like to say when these are in division. These wins count for double because it's a win yeah. for you and a loss for them. So. That, that is how a win works. <laughs> yes, but like a win. Okay, <laughs> no, cool. No, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. But what I'm, yeah. I'm just messing with you. You're good. Anyway, Cardinals at Padres is another good one coming up. Yeah, uh, and that could, be, that could be a fun one to watch because I think I have a feeling the Padres are going to do some really cool ceremony for Albert because I know – Early in the season, Manny Machado was really outspoken about like, bro, we're not honoring this like legend that's said it's his last year. And there's a lot of people maybe not going all out for him when it was his last series there. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'll be cool to see Manny interact with Albert and also the Padres honor him. I'm sure that'll happen. Also, you know that if he uh, that if uh, if Albert hits 700, that the Don Orsillo call is going to be awesome. <laughs> And I I would love it if he hit 700 and Manny Machado just goes wild. Like, yeah, that would be a weird scene, though. Like, yeah, that would be dope. Anyway, another fun yeah. sort of potential seeding one. Jays at Rays. The Jays going mm-hmm. back to Tropicana. It always goes poorly there. But <laughs> <laughs> hopefully uh, Tampa's you looked... seem optimistic, <laughs> uh, dude. For, like the Trop does weird things, man. The Trop is just a weird place for every team that seems to go there. And Toronto is not immune. So you know, my favorite thing in the Trop is when someone hits the roof and there's like all kinds of tweets analyzing what the hit counts as. Because there's all the different zones. Because <laughs> no one like, knows why? what it means. <laughs> why is that a thing? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's, it, dude, it's weird because like even during games, it's like, well, did it hit the third ring or the fourth ring? Because if it's the third ring, it's a double. And, but if it hit the fourth ring, it's a home run. It's like, ah, uh, just don't play games at the Trop. Just demolish that stadium. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jays and Rays, there's only a game between half a game, really, between them. So this uh, we could see them jump back and forth a little bit um, or we could see Toronto distance themselves and, and get a. A much firmer spot as the number one. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, the old Cardinals at Dodgers. That's a classic series right there. 
an, another good time for Albert to hit some homers, you know, especially in Dodger Stadium, Classic Stadium. You'd love that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah and this, then this is a big litmus test for the uh, Cardinals. Big West Coast road trip. Yeah. And then to finish it off, we got the Astros at Orioles. I mean, if the Orioles want to have any life, it's now or never. That's you know, that's sort of why I put this. That's why I put this one on here. This is the uh, are you are you made of playoff stuff? Because if you're made of playoff stuff, you'll play good against the against the Astros. Um, and if you're not, the Astros will roll over you. So <laughs> see, you it's know. the Orange Bowl as well. It is indeed the Orange Bowl <laughs> in Camden, too, which is where it belongs. Yeah. But uh, other than that, that's all I got for this week. Fun episode, going off script a little bit. Just guys being dudes. I just those being dudes. Oh, I just boys that. being boys. You gotta love that. But yeah. And with that, one. we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Baby.